back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Rundy, what do we got? Uh, we don't got too much this week, really. No, we we don't got much for for news going on around the league. Uh, you know, it's kind of coming up to the trade deadline, so this is kind of the time when there's not a whole lot of news because it's all building up to you know drop on us over a one week span. Um, but we we got a little bit of news, and we got some some mock trades that have been made up by people that will. We'll kind of look at and see if they make sense for either side, and we'll we'll roll with that for today. Yeah, they um, they we kind of knew going in that, uh, especially the lead up in the like, you know, few weeks before the deadline would be kind of quiet because, you know, we already saw you know the the Lindholm trade, and uh, we saw a lot of the bigger moves, the the Monahan trade, all happened well before the deadline so we kind of figured that it might be a quieter deadline this year especially since there's not near as many high quality players as there usually is that are available yeah 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 that's the thing with the deadline this year right is like kind of the the two big pieces that we we kind of knew that were basically for sure going to get moved was uh um Lindholm and Monaghan, and now, you know, those deals happen within, uh, I think it was like a couple of days of each other, and, like three. Yeah. And, and, and now we're coming up, and, but now it's like, now we know that, you know, Chris Tanev's for sure getting moved, we know that uh, Hannafin's for sure getting moved, probably Markstrom at, at this point, um, you know, and now it's starting to look more and more like there's a chance that Jay Gensel could be moved, so... There's still some, uh, definitely some, some big names out there, and you know some are kind of up in the air. Will they get moved or not? Um, but that's kind of what makes it exciting. You're kind of waiting to see if that uh, potential deal does happen. Yeah, and uh, you know most the majority of the guys you listed there were obviously Calgary Flames, and uh, if they can get uh, the type of value that they got with the Lindholm trade like you know if like obviously a guy you know if like Tanev is maybe worth less than Lindholm so you get less but if that like you know kind of ratio of what you're giving up to what you're getting stays the same for what if they move two of those three other guys even that's really going to help the club going forward I think I think they did well in that trade and I think if they can pull off one or two other good trades here, we can really look back on this in a few years as this was a big turning point for the franchise to kind of uh, retool and uh, yeah, figure out a situation, you know, right the ship a little bit uh, after the past few years have been tough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a huge part of it. You know, when you're, um, yeah, like it really, like getting the assets back and starting to, figure out what what kind of uh, identity you're looking to have going forward it, it it kind of all starts right here when you're you're moving pieces out so yeah it's uh it'll be important and the yeah most of the main guys that are looking to be shopped are on the flames so um we are later in the podcast going to do a couple of mock trades we're going to talk about some of the potential things that could happen so uh, I yeah. got to imagine the Flames are involved in some of that. I know you are the one who set uh, set these mock trades up, so I don't actually yeah. know yet. But 
we'll uh, get over some of the news that there was this week, and then we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll start off with the one that's non, um, uh, non, non-NHL related. Don't need to go into it too much, but uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, which is the AHL team for the Nashville Predators, uh, they actually set the longest win streak in AHL history with 18 wins. Um, I don't have on me what the highest win streak is in that league. Um, but it is worth noting that in this uh, 18th straight win that they've got, uh, Cody Hodgson scored for them. And we, we talked about him hey. uh, earlier in the year about coming back. So he's, uh, he, he's made his mark there. For the team now, at least in in that game, um, yeah, that's pretty good. Other than that, like I obviously don't have much to say on it. Like it's the Milwaukee second, Admirals, good on them. Second longest win streak in AHL history. Yeah, which is if you can do that and you can string together eighteen wins uh, in any league, that's that's always impressive. Yeah, and especially nice for a Nashville team that's looking to kind of do a bit of a rebuild here. So uh, that bodes very well for. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Uh, um, the, it looks uh, like here, the 2011, 2012 Norfolk admirals hold the professional hockey, uh, hold the uh, AHL uh, wins record with 28 straight wins. Wow. There was a couple sec- there was a couple Something teams absurd. tied for 17. Uh, the Admirals just passed... The Milwaukee Admirals just passed them to take second place with 18. And then all the way up with 28 was the Norfolk Admirals. Jeez. Yeah, so technically the Admirals hold hold one and two. It's just they've relocated in between. Yeah. Man, and, man nonetheless... that's wild relocating after having a 28-win win streak well and that's the thing is like a lot of ahl teams usually are kind of on the on the move not too many of them have that that you know that great stability of staying in in one place for for too long eventually it Uh, brundy i'm going to give you one guess uh, during the 2011-2012 season, who were the Norfolk Admirals coached by? Oh. Um. I I don't even know. Wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't I'll, even have a guess. I'll give you a hint. Uh, players on this team include Tyler Johnson, Alex Killorn, Andre Palat. Pat Maroon was even there. Oh, was it John Cooper? It was John Cooper. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Duncan so I didn't. Oh, so they were. Team. Oh, no, these are just. No, sorry. These are just Norfolk Admiral alumni. I scrolled too far. I was like. No wait, Keith was still in still I was there. Say, in Pat Maroon didn't didn't seem to make sense playing with Tyler Johnson there at the time. Yeah. As the more I read, I was like, wait, these timelines are really not matching up. But that year they were. Yeah, 2007 to 2012 were the Tampa Bay Lightning affiliate. Oh, okay. 
Um, other quick news, uh, again, don't really need to dive in much on it. Uh, the 2026 NHL All-Star Game is officially heading to Long Island. Uh, me and the New York Islanders will host it. Um, we kind of talked about it a bit that it's kind of weird that that it's in 2026, that being because um, the Olympics are also taking place that year, which NHL players are going to. So we thought the next time we'd see an All-Star Game wouldn't be until... Uh, 2027, but I guess they're going to find a way to uh, work the All-Star game in still, um, despite, you know, having that that two, two and a half week break where, where the Olympics will take place. Yeah, and surely the NHL, like, I don't have a ton of faith in the NHL for a lot of these things, but surely they are not dumb enough to be like, okay, you guys are all picked for the All-Star game. Either go to the Olympics and live your dream or eat a suspension for not going to the all-star game. Like there, there's no way they're, they're dumb enough to first of all, have the all-star game compete with the Olympics on TV. Well, well they but, can't have, they can't suspend players from going like individually. From not going to the all-star game. Yeah. Like if they don't go to the all-star game, they, they can't bar them from going to the, to the Olympics. No, but like if you go to the Olympics, it means you take the suspension when the league play continues if you didn't go to the All-Star game. Well, I, I don't I don't think they would they would line up like they would do the All-Star I, game at a different time from the, the Olympics. Yeah, you would definitely hope. I, well, other, otherwise, you would have a, like they're not smart with a lot of things, of but there's no way they're that stupid, right? Like, Well, no. And if, if you're doing the All-Star thing, you want to have the McDavid there, Bedard, like all those yeah. guys and you, and you wouldn't. You wouldn't have them. Uh, at least McDavid, for sure, you wouldn't have yeah. for the All-Star Weekend, which would hurt them. So they, And I'm assuming they probably move it, like, even though, because I, I think the Olympics are usually, like, middle of February. Well, not kind of around this time um, of the year. So my guess would be they wouldn't even hold the All-Star Game at the normal time, being the end of January. They would move it to, you know maybe even something of middle of January or earlier in January or something to kind right. of give it a little bit more, more spacing uh, in between the two. Yeah. And you, you got to wonder, you know, is this maybe going to, uh, our guys going to want to go to bat for the all-star game a little bit more? Like, you know, of course uh, now notoriously Kucherov uh, kind of taking the piss a bit with uh, the all-star, the all-star competition, you know, he was a bit lackadaisical with it. Um, but he wasn't the only guy who, you know, isn't going full tilt. Like, obviously, McDavid was going nuts. Uh, he wants to prove he's the best. Barzell had a chip on his shoulder that nobody expected. But a lot of guys were, you know, they were they were doing their thing, but they weren't hustling, you know? And you got to wonder, you know, if, if the NHL is like, look, our All-Star game is a bit of a joke compared to, you know, the NBA, uh, uh, the All-Star weekend for the MLB and all that, you know, what? Can you guys, uh, we're letting you go to the Olympics. Can you kind of put in the little extra effort here? I, I wonder yeah. if, uh, you know, guys will try and make a bigger thing out of the all-star game. You know, maybe you'll see more guys, uh, on social media being like, Hey, everyone should check this out. It's actually sick. Like, Cause right now it's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, smiling at the camera and they show up and some of the guys try pretty hard and some of the guys, uh, you know, go at, uh, go at 80 percent but it yeah would, it would be interesting to see you know they go out there and they're fucking giving her for each one like 
other mm-hmm. than other than the uh the fastest skater it's kind of hard to tell if guys are like trying super hard you yeah know, how, what is what does it look what do you you're try harding the uh accuracy right but yeah yeah exactly right some of those you can't really quite quite tell it uh I feel like it's something that maybe when it, when the next All-Star game comes around, we might just kind of inherently notice and be like, it looks like these guys got some fire in them this year. So that'll be interesting. To... Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, it's obviously still a work in progress, but they took a step in the right direction this year. And, uh, you know, we won't have the All-Star game next year, obviously, because of the the, the, the four team kind of little tournament uh, between countries that they've got planned. Yeah. Um, so, so we got a bit of a while before we foresee the all-star game again but yeah like it's 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 trending in the right direction and hopefully yeah they can kind of continue to to keep keep on that path that they've they've started on yeah and i'm i for several years at this point i've been very hopeful that the nhl as a whole will turn around for a lot of different issues uh as soon as this next cba gets signed i'm really hoping that a lot of the the big names, the Crosbys, the, you know, the Stamkos, the McDavid, the Matthews uh, will go to bat for their other players and they'll just get the right people in place to try and uh, just get more than the players got last time. Yeah. Uh, in in the 0405 lockout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one massive thing they said is they want the Olympics back and it looks like they got it back before that went in so i wonder how much uh you know how much uh the nhl is going to ask for the players in return and be like hey we gave you this before negotiation started so yeah that'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with that i i need to read up on that at some point imagine in the off season we'll probably have at least one episode where we talk a whole bunch about the upcoming CBA. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That's kind of a candle. Just we'll kick down the road and, and revisit when, uh, yeah. When the it's timing not, is, it's is not right. pertinent at the moment for sure. Yeah. Um, some Detroit Red Wings news. Uh, the Red Wings have signed Michael Rasmussen to a four year contract extension, um, with an average annual value of 3.2 million. Uh, I, I, I like the signing for them. Um, yeah. You know, he's, I've he's had, a good pl- value player. That's that's a that's a solid contract. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, he's ha- hasn't really quite turned into the player that Detroit thought they were were getting from him, being you know a, a former ninth overall pick. Uh, but he's he's a big body. He you know he hits some blocks and uh, he can he can still put up a decent amount of points and and you know for a value of of three point two for a guy like that, especially with the uh, I, I think is. That's yeah. that's pretty good. And this is a great example of a team knowing what they have and rolling with it. There's yeah. there's so many teams that will have these guys that were drafted in the top 10, top 20 in the first round and they'll they'll be so wanting to move on from them because they're not that point per game player they wanted. Yeah. And even if they're a solid two-way 50-point guy, that could absolutely help your team win. Uh, the a lot of the teams are like uh, he's not what we expected, and they kind of want to move on. And it's yeah, it's good to see the Red Wings. You know, obviously they got Stevie Y in charge, and he's a uh, he's a pretty smart. He's right up there with the top hockey minds in the world. So he knows what yeah. he's doing. 
Yeah, well, and the thing is, is even if it doesn't work out, uh, it's a very movable contract. There's there's really no no downside to it for Detroit. Yeah, um, unless he absolutely falls off a cliff. Like, if yeah. you do end up wanting to trade it in year two or three, uh, that there's not a ton of term on it. The cost is fairly low, and also he was a like you said a former ninth overall pick. So a lot of teams are willing to you know. He's been a, a good middle six forward for a while, and uh, maybe if he can take that next step with your team, a lot of teams will take that risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'll uh, I'll take this one just because I was actually watching the game what happened because it happened against the Lightning, but uh, TJ Oshie went down with a still undisclosed injury at this time of recording. Um, this did not look good. This was hard to watch because other than injuries you know the likes of uh Sergachev and stuff like that where there's clearly a devastating injury uh the next worst injury you can see is one that nothing happens at all and Oshi is battling for the puck and he actually wins battle he gets free and he's just walking the blue line and he just passes back and they kind of take the neutral zone and he just collapses holding his stomach and he he cannot move and uh, shout out to Victor Hedman. He actually kind of pushed him over to the Washington bench before the refs blew the whistle. Um, yeah, he and he was like sitting on the bench, just keeled over, holding his stomach for like five minutes before he even went to the dressing room. Like, yeah, I just watched the replay. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's... like I don't think it's I don't think it's a broken rib. Like he didn't seem to take any anything there. Like, like I'm wondering if like he, you know. I don't know how it works, but like, if it, did his appendix burst? Like, is there is there something going on with his, uh, you know, kidneys or something? Like, he just randomly his uh, his body did not uh, agree with what was going on, and that yeah. uh, it did not look good. So, uh, best wishes to TJ Oshie, and hopefully, it's nothing nothing too serious. Yeah, yeah, but those ones you can never quite tell what what exactly happened or, or or anything all you can really do is just hope that the, the player is okay and can get back as soon as possible yeah i know um after the game there uh i believe is uh spencer carberry the capitals uh coach uh, I, I believe he's the coach um off the top of my head i'm not i'm not too sure uh their coach was saying that uh they're uh they're pretty concerned uh here's the quote fairly high uh amount of concern for uh oshi's non-contact injury um but oshi did post uh later that night on twitter um saying that uh it, it, very slightly cryptic he just kind of said i'll be back you don't know if that's soon or later but yeah he, at the very least it doesn't seem like career ending which Obviously, you would hope not with something this freak accident, but he yeah. is also 37 years old, so it uh, would take less at this point uh, for something to be uh, that level of devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, as somebody who does not watch a lot of Capitals games, um, I every single time Tampa plays uh, Washington and TJ Oshie, I expect him to be so much worse than he is 
because I'm like, this dude's so old. And like, when he was doing shootouts in the Olympics, that was like 14 years ago now. Like, yeah, like, yeah, he just just doesn't have it anymore. Dude was, he was probably, he was at minimum their second or third best player. I mean, it's not saying much on that, on that Capitals team. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, he was one of those guys that was never like super fast. Um, so he, he didn't rely on his, on his speed much to, to kind of separate him from uh, other players. So, I mean, the older you get, like if, if speed was never your, your biggest strength and you've always relied on, you know, your senses and just your other skills in general. Um, yeah, when you kind of get up there in, in the, you know, the later 30s, potentially even earlier 40s, you can still play at a, at an NHL level and you can still get by, you know, obviously yeah. probably not where you were in your prime, but you can still, but if you um, still got the, the hands done. and you can, you still got the IQ, like you can play for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, she actually almost had a, a goal in that game as well. Cause he, he had a really nice move where he went to kind of inside outside and Vassy had to do the splits to make the save. That was, oh I yeah, that, I think that was the first shot of the game, actually. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I, I was. It was on their second shot they scored. And I remember going, "How should it already be two nothing?" Yeah, I remember looking at that, and I was like, "I thought, cause I, I thought that was going to be a pretty, pretty easy one for Tampa, but yeah, I did too. They are they are not playing great. Um, if we if we plan on talking about the uh, the standings quickly, we can do that now." Because uh, the the East is uh, becoming a very interesting look for uh, playoff spots. Yeah, it's actually kind of becoming a bit of a a crunch there between all the teams in the mix. I'm just uh, bringing it up here, but uh, yeah, the the Leafs are now eight two and zero in their last ten. Tampa had passed them pretty comfortably, and all of a sudden, eight two and zero for Toronto. Uh, Detroit's on a three-game win streak, and uh, Tampa's on a three-game losing streak, and all of a sudden, uh, Detroit's one point ahead of Tampa. Uh, Toronto's like seven points up, and uh, so Tampa's on that second wild card spot with sixty-five. So they're still, it. but Washington, uh, New Jersey, and Islanders are all at sixty points. So, yeah. and, and then Pittsburgh all- right below at fifty-eight. Yeah, and they've all got several games in hand on the Lightning. So it's, for all intents and purposes, uh, those four teams are basically tied when you can include games in hand almost. And uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, New York Islanders versus Tampa. And then uh, either the day after or two days after, it's Tampa versus the Devils. And we just played the Caps. So like these three games in a row are going to be crucial to how the end of the season works out in that wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you win those two games against Islanders and devils, that really helps to separate you from them. But if you lose both of those to them, then it's your, you're right in the, the thick of it with them then. So yeah, yeah and those are two very, very big games for them. It's funny. Cause uh, one of our recent podcasts, like one, two ago, we were talking about how Ovechkin scoring and, uh, that's what the Capitals need at this point. And I think at the time they were like, they were like two and eight or like two 
seven and one in their last 10. Like they looked like they were trending up a bit, but their last 10 was abysmal. Uh, yeah. They've got three wins in a row now and they're, they're right in there with the devils and Islanders and above yeah. the penguins. Despite all the, the injuries and, uh, absences from players that they have they're they're still keeping in it so yeah it's it's which, impressive which is wild because they're they're two points they have one more game played but they're two points up on the penguins penguins have a plus 14 goal differential the capitals have a minus 30 yeah and they're they're knocking on the playoffs so yeah that's... and they're right in there yeah if if you get blown out nine to one it that's that counts as one loss right you don't lose yeah. harder, so. Yeah, exactly. It's how you recover from it. It's what important. Um, is there much to talk about with the Western? I haven't really looked at the Western wild card. Um, as with the West, uh, it's definitely yeah. a closer race than I thought. You know, you got uh, the Kings at sixty-six points, uh, and St. Louis at sixty-two in a wild card two spot. Nashville's at sixty-two. Uh, they're tied with St. Louis, actually. Seattle's at 59, Calgary's at 59, Minnesota's at 58. Any of those teams could make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Arizona's kind of Ari fallen out. I was going to say, how close was Arizona? Were they in a wild card spot 11 games ago? Because they're currently on an 11-game loss streak. Yeah, they've they've completely fallen apart. I, they, I don't even think they were. I think they were just they were just scratching. I think they were like right below the second um, wild card spot. Yeah, yeah they, they've completely just fallen apart and now they're really they've really found themselves out of the out of the playoff race now it's you know 12 back is 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 tough to do when you've only got about you know yeah. 26 27 28 ish games uh and you know what i'm sure arizona's fine with another year of good draft picks their guys are developing well i think i think they're gonna turn the corner in the next two ish three years and uh high high draft High round draft picks are always helpful for that. Yeah. Um, and for all of you uh, celebrating fans out there, uh, bottom three in the league are currently Anaheim with 42 points, San Jose with 35, and Chicago with 33. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, I, I, like I said, it's going to end up being a, a San Jose Chicago battle. I don't see Anaheim dropping below either one of those teams. And if they do, then that's. That's really bad because Anaheim should not be uh, worse than either one of those two teams. But no, they were also throwing games last season to drop down yeah. to the bottom, and they didn't get rewarded for it. So, um, yeah, but you don't like seeing Chicago get rewarded either. Yeah. yeah. Ah. God, I. The Ducks have so much in the pipeline. They do not need Celebrini, even if they are playing bad enough to get him. And I just don't want to see the Blackhawks win it two in a row. That's just such trash. Like, dude, I I wanted the Sharks to get Bedard so bad last season, but man, I want them to get Celebrity just as bad this year. Just because what? of the other the other teams to get him. Like, dude, I don't want him on the Ducks. I want him on the Blackhawks even less. Like fuck. And that's the thing. Like I like you know, last year you see a lot of people that if they're um you know, if their team was was in a playoff spot or something, they couldn't get Bedard. It's like, where would you want them to go? And they were all like, oh, you know what? I'd like to see Vancouver win the, you know, the, the draft lottery and have Bedard, you know, go home to to where he's from and whatnot and this and this. 
But like no one's talking about how Celebrini kind of grew up in the San Jose area. Uh, that being because his uh, his dad worked with the Golden State Warriors there and whatnot. And so I'm not seeing a, like it, not a lot of people are talking about it with Celebrini about like, yeah, sure. He's kind of from, you know, B.C. in the, the Vancouver area and whatnot. But it's like technically, go, you know, going to San Jose is still kind of going home for him because he, he, he grew up there and spent a good majority of his time there. So um, that being said, again, it's the teams that are down there. I personally don't want to just because obviously Chicago for a thousand reasons. And then Anaheim, I mean, Anaheim's already got enough good players as a Sharks fan. I don't need to see them get another yeah. player. And then that also, like, I mean, shit, like, they, they've already got so many centers that it's made Zegers expendable. They drafted, I was going to say, they drafted Carlson, and all of a sudden, Zegers went from an untouchable to trade bait. If they draft Celebrini, are they going to be looking at McTavish like, uh, we don't really need you anymore? Like, uh, Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, they got... Carlson, who's obviously going to be a stud for them. McTavish has taken that next step that Zegris hasn't. So it's made him expendable. But then you get Salbrini, then it's like, so now what? Now you've got all three of these guys. Are you going to, you know, force one to become a winger? Or, yeah, what do you, what do you kind of do with that? It'll, hey, you know, it'd be a, that's a lot. It's of not a bad situation playing, so. to have. Yeah. You know, you, you put them on the wing and then you have those guys be absolute monster line like if if you can have them adapt to it uh absolutely could be nasty i guess so um, i have to mention they got cutter Gauthier, who we don't know wh- wh- whether he's going to play on the wing or center for them as well so that's another another piece that they, they have that you know could could be a centerman for them so uh, still lots yeah. of time for teams to to kind of move around and like we saw last year, even if you finish bomb in the league, it's, you know, first overall is not, uh, not guaranteed. No, absolutely. Um, one other thing I'm just going to throw out while we're looking at the standings and I have it in front of me. Um, so I, I think it was even last podcast. We were talking about how there's like four teams all in that 75, uh, 74, 72 point range. And then there was the Canucks all the way up at 80. Uh, the Canucks are on a four-game losing streak. They are still at 80 points. Yeah, they've been all, struggling. And all of a sudden, uh, Dallas Stars at 76. Uh, New York Rangers at 79. Boston Bruins are at 80. They're they're tied now. Yeah. So that's, yeah, Rangers uh, are on a nine-game win streak right now. So yeah. that's really helped kind of pull them up in, into the top there. Yeah, and it's it's actually weird to look at. Um, I guess it was literally only last night, but the Bruins have lost. Uh, it's not really a lost streak, one loss. But uh, the Canucks have lost four in a row uh, at the top of the Pacific. At the top of the Central, the Dallas Stars have lost four in a row. There, uh, there's some top teams that are uh, not struggling, obviously, but uh, they've been putting together a bit of a skid. And yeah, with, uh, with the likes of Carolina on four wins in a row, Rangers on nine wins in a row. Hell, even the Leafs just put up uh, six wins in a row. Six in a row, yeah. They're they're starting to knock on uh, Florida's door a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a battle. Like it's we're seeing that more of that parity between between teams in the league now, and it and and this is what it leads to. You you get these these battles where it's there's no clear cut. You know, number one team in the regular season kind of leading the pack. 
and even the wild card and divisional spots like it's it's a battle and it could very well come down to the the last you know game or two of the season to shift a whole bunch of things around yeah we'll uh we'll definitely be uh on these weekly podcasts updating on the uh standings going forward because it's yeah. it's close and uh man as a lightning fan i have not had to focus on the standings for several years so uh it is very interesting but also very stressful for me being in wildcard two right now yeah yeah they're, yeah they're not used to to being in that that situation after the last couple of years no um but anyway after uh aside from that we still have a couple more things to get through here um we talked about those. Um, let's talk about uh, the man himself, the man they call Cheeks. Cheeks. Uh, Austin Matthews the other day scored his fiftieth uh, goal of the season in his hometown. Is it? It is. It his hometown or just like home? He's area? just from the area. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona native Austin Matthews scored against the Arizona Coyotes, uh, in Arizona for his uh, 50 and 51st uh, goal of the season. Uh, he is currently at 52 goals in 55 games. Yeah, that is... That is fucking lunacy, dude. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts, especially now the fact that, like, you know... I think when he was... Uh, at, at one point, Matt, when Matthews was at 43... Sam Reinhart was at 39. So it was like, okay, he's only he's only four behind. I'm like, this could still be a race. Uh Reinhardt hasn't scored in I think his last six or seven. Matthews drops back to back hat tricks and then scores one against St. Louis, two against Arizona, one against Vegas. So I mean when you when you look at that, like he's got what what's that? Uh ten goals in his last five games. And he's so now he's increasing in pace. We were yeah. sitting here going, he's a monster. He's he's slated to get 69 goals on the year. And then it was 72. And right now I just did math. And now he's on pace for 77 and a half. Let's point five two. Let's round it up. 78 goals in 82 games. Yeah. yeah. And now he like he's he's that 13 ahead of, of Reinhardt, who's second in the league. Like he, he's completely in a class of his own right now when it comes to when it comes to scoring goals, yeah. it's and of, it's incredible. Of course, the league save percentage has gone down. Scoring has gone up, but dude, we shit our pants when somebody hit sixty goals for the last two decades. Yeah, and dude's gonna dude's gonna do it in the next couple games. He's he might do it before March if he puts up another hat trick, which is very not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's not not out of the question at all. Like it's very possible. We used to lose our minds when somebody would be even sniffing the idea of 60 goals. And I don't think there's anybody who doubts that he's going to hit 70. Yeah. Like people are, people are looking at 75 now. Like people want to see him hit 82. Like it's possible. Like that's insane. Yeah. Like, actually like, it's, I don't do know I think, he's like going to do it, but he's after 55 games, he's only three goals back of that. And he is, so capable of putting up at least three goals in a night yeah like yeah it's um it, it's just absurd the pace he's on and something i actually uh, i'm just looking at because i just like to look back on it so looking at the 2016 draft that's obviously when 
Matthews went first. And as we know, since then, nobody has scored more goals um, in the entire league than him from that uh, time point. Um, it's pretty crazy when you look at the top 16 of that draft. And another reason I brought, I'm bringing this up is because there's a lot of um, good young prospects that could be moved um, at the deadline this year. And it's to look back at this draft, um, it shows that, you know, top prospects are, are being traded a lot more nowadays. I mean, it is 2016, but uh, so you had Matthews at one, who obviously we know what he's doing. Yeah. Patrick Laine was two. He got traded. Pierre-Luc Dubois was third overall. He's been traded twice. Jesse Pugliarvi, um has been traded, and he's now actually on his third team after Carolina didn't resign him. Uh, Ole Olevi has been traded. I'm not even sure what he's doing anymore. Matthew Kachuk was six. We know obviously he was traded to Florida. Clayton Keller, seven. He's one of the few guys that actually is still with his team. He, he's stuck with the, the Coyotes through, through thick and thin there. Um, Alex Nylander went eighth overall. He's been traded three times, most notably uh, last night. Actually, he was traded for the third time. Uh, ninth, um, Mikhail Sergachev, obviously traded to Tampa. Uh, number 10, Tyson Jost. Uh, he was traded um, two years ago, I think. Uh, 11, Logan Brown. Obviously, he was traded out of, out of Ottawa. Number 12, wow. um, Michael McLeod. Obviously, we know. We know what's going on with that. Uh, 13, Jake Bean uh, was traded from mm. out of Carolina. Uh, 14, Charlie McAvoy, one of the best two-way defenders in, in the game now. Um, still with Boston as well. Uh, 15, Luke Cunning, uh, he's been traded twice. And then 16, Jacob Chikorin has been traded. So, Wow. Um, you were only getting, I was expecting yeah. like a, like a good string of them at the start because I know some of those names a bit better. But how many guys at the end were on their original team? Matthew uh, Keller, four. McAvoy, four. I mean, if, if you include McLeod, but like he's he wasn't traded out of New Jersey, but he, he he's not part of the Devils anymore. He, he's anyway. not. He's not. So there anymore. really, yeah, only only three of the top sixteen are still. Playing on their original team out of a cup. Yeah, if, if they get a goalie. Yeah, but but yeah, that like that's crazy. You know, I mean, it it is 2016, so like it is like eight years ago. But the fact of like th that only three of the, the top 16 the, are still the top 16 guys. Those are the 16 guys NHL teams deemed most likely to be the best guys from that draft. And yeah, yeah, they like all got moved, and you know, some of them are. A bit different circumstances, you know. Uh, I don't know how much uh, the Canadians wanted to move Sergachev, but uh, Tampa offered him uh, Jonathan Drew, and so I think they that was kind of an offer they couldn't refuse. But yeah, they they were, they were getting a good, you know, East East Coast Canadian kid, and that was kind of the point in time where Montreal really wasn't, you know, they were going through that phase in time there where it was. They only really wanted Canadians. More specifically, they wanted French Canadians. And they really didn't care too much to have Russian players on their team. Yeah. Um, like, they, they would they... have them, but if, if they were to move them, they, they were like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like they, 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 they would never any... commit that guy to being kind of the core. And yeah, they, not to mention, they were still very in the middle of the 
Carey Price era, and they needed scoring. They yeah, they never had that top ten talent, and I'm sure that's what they wanted Drew and to be. But yeah, but that is that is crazy how uh, how many of those guys have been moved, and how many yeah. got early on. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, what other um, news do we got here before we? We got, we got a some couple more trades. things. Um, uh, absolute uh, hockey legend, uh, Yaramir Yager, uh, finally has his jersey number 68 retired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, not that they were waiting because they didn't know if they were going to retire it. Uh, he just He's just still playing hockey. He's like, what, 55, 56? Yeah. And he just wouldn't stop. I saw a stat the other day. Um, notorious oldest player in the league, Mark Giordano, was, I believe, nine years old uh, when Yager was drafted. And Yager's yeah. still playing professionally. Like the, the Yager even made a, a, a joke during his speech that everybody loved. Um, the girl he's dating, uh, she wasn't even born when he was drafted into the league <laughs> yeah right she was born like, i think i think it was like 95 or something like she's quite a bit quite a bit younger than him so he even made a joke that she probably doesn't even remember his well she wouldn't remember his days playing for the penguins because she obviously wasn't wasn't born yet yeah. or was still very young i guess sorry uh i actually had it wrong it's actually more ludicrous uh giordano was six years old when yager was drafted yeah, like that's... Giordano's 40. So when you put that into perspective, Zidane Char was like one or two. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty absurd, but nonetheless, it's... And, and I liked what Pittsburgh did, too. Um, you know, the players came out for warm-ups. They had the... They were wearing, like, the... They had, like, the mullets on. And I think Classic. Yager even... Um, I think he took the ice with took, them. Yeah, he took part in in warm-ups with them you, so. can't, you can't keep that guy off the ice like yeah that's no. that's one thing people have said consistently about him his entire career they're like he dude knows the talent he has and he knows what he has to do to keep it like he yeah. they're like he's uh there was a interview recently I, i'm not sure the name of the player because uh you know he's not on a professional contract over in north america but he's playing for um yager's team over in the the European league and he's like this dude is so much older than all of us and he is the first one on the ice last off every time like, yeah he, yeah he just dude just lives he sleeps breathes hockey and it's yeah it's wild it's wild to see they he just outweighed the Pittsburgh Penguins as an organization until they were like, we'll just retire it anyway, even though you're still playing. Like, they just gave up waiting. Yeah. Because he, he'll just go forever, dude. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they had no idea when, when he was, was going to ever hang him up. So they just paved and said, all right, let's just do it now. Yeah. And uh, funny other thing that happened with that. Uh, apparently, uh, is, he, is he R&B? Is he hip hop? I don't know. Uh, music artist Drake was uh, apparently upset at Yager because I guess he had a uh, concert the same night as the Jersey retirement. 
And I guess Yager booked him and all his boys all the best rooms at Drake's favorite hotel. Oh, <laughs> so, really? So apparently, apparently Drake was kind of cheesed and, you know, Yager, he doesn't fucking care. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you, a shit. You can't pay Yager to care about other people's opinions on shit like that. But yeah, that was that was a funny, funny read to come across. That he was like, you can't book all the nicest rooms at this hotel. And he's like, I'm Yarmir Yager. I can do what I want. Especially, yeah. especially in Pittsburgh, he can do what he wants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of all places, he can he can get away with but doing whatever. Um. Just we'll quickly run this up because I don't. Th- we're we're pretty sure we didn't cover it. Um. But we'll 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 run back to it just in case. Uh. But the Flames had signed a contract extension with uh, Ford Martin Pospisil. Uh, it's a two-year contract extension, one million uh, per year. Uh, great signing for them. He's a great young player, and he's only going to get better. And to have him on a on a cheap two-year deal like this, um, I, I I loved it for the Flames. Obviously, he's going to get quite a nice payday uh, after that that two-year two-year deal. But yeah, great great move for the Flames. He's going to be a great player for them uh, throughout this contract and probably the next one he signs. Yeah, don't have don't have too much to say on it. I I think underratedly, this is the perfect term for a player like this. I don't think the money matters too much because I don't think they're going to be looking to seriously contend in the next two years that much. Yeah, uh, I, I, I they might make the playoffs, so. but I don't think they're looking for a deep run. Like they're not going to be buying at the deadline. And so I think two years is perfect because that's just enough time for him to prove how good he is over that time and get a long extension. But it's not a three or four bridge deal where afterwards he'd be getting paid. You know, I think yeah. I think it leaves just enough that like after this, you can sign him to six, seven or eight years. But I think he d- won't quite have you'll have a long enough traffic record to know what you're getting, but not long enough that he can be like, I did this five years in a row. I need the big payday. And I think I think this is the perfect contract to set them up to get a really nice deal on their next one as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also worth noting that it's a two-year deal, right? If it was a three-year deal, he would be a UFA at the end of that deal. But yeah. because it's two years, he'll still be an RFA, so the Flames will still control his rights. So makes Which it a little bit easier to sign him because yeah, you yeah, don't got to worry especially. about outside teams uh, coming in to try and snake him. And if, if it doesn't work and uh he he wants out or the flames are ready to move on from him you can easily you know move him at the the draft or whatever and send to a team because then that team will hold his rights so it's a nice situation for the flames and it works out quite well for them not as much of the player because again they're they're an rfa they um but yeah like you said it's going to set him up nice to to get a good contract um either way whether it's uh from the flames or from uh, some other team. Yeah. Um, looks like we have two things left before we get into the mock trades. Um, uh, the owner was saying, uh, in the Winnipeg Jets owner uh, was saying in a recent uh, press release that uh, current the current attendance for them is, uh, quote, not going to work long term. Uh, the Jets season ticket base has fallen from around 13,000 per year to around nine uh nine thousand five hundred in the last three years. Uh, it sounds like they took a big hit uh from obviously COVID and the pandemic. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's that sucks to hear, right? Like because the Jets are a very passionate fan base, and they've been great this year. This is the best year they've had in a long time, and uh, it it sucks to hear that they're still you know struggling with uh, ticket sales and stuff. They are uh, reportedly, I believe, third uh, last in the league for attendance, uh, only uh, being uh, under attended by San Jose and Buffalo. Uh, which is tough for Buffalo as well, because they're also, you know, they're not doing great, but they're uh, looking to take the next step, looking better than they have uh, in the past decade. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's always especially sketchy with a team like the Jets, because of course they relocated from uh, Atlanta and you, you don't, they're such a passionate fan base and you don't want to see, this team have to start throwing around the idea of do we move again? Cause yeah, that, uh, that, that would clearly suck. We've, we've seen the whiteout in the playoffs. We've seen how passionate this fan base can be and how absolutely, absolutely bonkers this crowd could go. And it would, it would really suck to see the team's future be in jeopardy, uh, because of, uh, attendance numbers like that. Yeah, well, and and I don't think um, it, it's just a big, a big issue to to worry about too much. Like obviously, you know, it's there, there's going to be talks about it and rumors flying, but the fact of like th- that they've you know they've shown that players are committed to to actually wanting to be there and and play there, like you know, signing Shifley and Hellebuck to those uh, big extensions, and now you know the Jets were kind of. You know, it was kind of like 20, 2017, 2018, they kind of reached their peak, and then they've kind of come back down. But now they're right back on that rise and up kind of near the top. Like, if, if they're, a, you know, for, if, if they've now got this core that's going to have them top of the central every year in the playoffs, uh, I think you'll see those uh, those season tickets, you know, they'll, they'll go right back up. Um, yeah. Because a lot of it really comes down to the, the product that, the the team is putting out there, and if they're putting out a winning product and a good product every season, naturally you're you're, you're going to bring in in more more fans, um, and then that'll lead to more more season ticket buyers. So that's true, and I I am not in tax bracket to be uh, know much about season tickets, but uh, I got to imagine season ticket sales uh, drop quite a bit throughout the year. You know, you're not who's buying a season ticket in December. So, yeah. I got to imagine after this full year of them being, you know, having those extent long-term extensions, the team being very good, especially if they get a good playoff run, uh I think at the start of the next year, hopefully we'll see some better numbers over in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, it, oh, 100% we will. Yeah, I got to imagine it'll it'll after this season that you'll see a, a nice increase there. Yeah. And uh the only other thing we got here on the docket, uh, Noah Hannafin uh, reportedly wants to play for the Tampa Bay Light. Um, yeah, which which leads perfectly into one of the uh, the mock trades actually that that I've got here. Yeah, um, you know what? We we can keep talking about it with the mock trade if you want. If you want to jump right into that. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is because I know a lot of people think that it's going to happen, and but I'm not even going to go down that road. That being um, a, a mock trade revolving uh, Noah Hannafin going to Toronto, like a lot of Toronto fans want, 
it, it's not going to happen because the price Toronto would have to give up to get him and the fact that he wouldn't sign an extension there. Um, Hannafin's made it pretty well known now that yeah, he, he wants to he, go he's, not, there, he's yeah. not signing in a, in a, with a Canadian team. So if Toronto wants to give up the farm to get him for one, one first-round playoff exit, I mean, they can, but yeah. that's just realistically not going to happen. Um, it sounds like he had all but one Canadian team on his no-trade list. And I, I don't know much about the trade, no trade lists, but I wonder if like, I wonder if on his no trade list is a team like uh, Vancouver or Toronto that isn't on it just because uh, he's like, they won't be able to get me. So I'm going to put another team I don't want to go to that could afford me on my no trade list, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not too sure how it, I think it's at the beginning of the season. Teams like players submit their, uh, that's fair. their right, list, right. and then the teams got it for the year to to work with. Um, but this this first mock trade does have Noah Hannafin um, going to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is just Noah Hannafin. Um, you might know this guy's. I've never seen his name. Um, sure. So in exchange, it's Noah Hannafin to Tampa Bay for Emil Martinson. Lilleberg. Lilleberg has been fantastic for the Lightning in the past month. Never heard of him before, you know, two months ago. Uh, we had enough injuries on the blue line that we brought him up in. In very good hockey IQ, just solid defensively, hits people, doesn't take shit from the other team. Not quite enforcer, but like not afraid to get in there. Mm -hmm. uh, he's fine in the offensive zone, but he's he's very good defensively. Okay. So it's him uh, going back to Calgary um, with Ethan Gauthier, Isaac Howard, and a conditional 2025 second round pick, which would end up becoming a 2026 first round pick if Noah Hannafin uh, re-signed with Tampa. I don't like this for Tampa. I think no, if I you think do that, you completely, like the cabinets are, are then dry. You've yeah. got no draft picks, no prospects. Like Noah Hannafin's a good player, but to to give up your your entire Gautier um, is one of system, our better like prospects, is... and Howard is our best prospect. Yeah, and the then moment. not to mention potentially a. I mean, if they're trained for Hannafin, he the, wants the whole to play there. It would be he would ex he would sign an extension. Yeah, we're, so we call wouldn't... it a twenty twenty six first. On yeah, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing the trade without him extending because we're not looking for a deep playoff run this year. With yeah. Sergachev, I don't think. Uh, even if we get Hannafin, that's still a downgrade from Sergachev, and at least in my opinion. So I don't, uh, I don't see it affecting the team too much unless you get that extension, and that's that's a lot to give up. As well as Lilleberg has been very good. I think he's going to crack the top four uh, next year. Honestly, uh, he's he's been very solid on our blue line and that's i it's partially because of what we'd have to give up and partially because of where tampa is at the moment um yeah yeah hannafin's a player i'd love to get on the lightning but i i just don't know if uh tampa's in a good spot to make it work right now yeah yeah no i'm i'm not too i'm not too high on that for tampa i don't think that is is a deal that really makes makes much sense for them and i i i don't see them um, yeah 
and I I do think Calgary would also have to take some cap back. I think. Uh, yeah, they they probably retain half of of his remaining year of his. No, his I mean year. I mean take like they take back Shiri in the deal maybe or hell even uh you know you you might have to take a you take a Isaac Howard out of that deal and fuck I hate to say it but you might have to throw an Eric Chernak in there to make the numbers work like I don't think Calgary would would do it at that point then no yeah yeah I don't think they would either um and when that's a thing right if you're including Connor Sheary then you have to throw an even more value to offset you know to kind of compensate Calgary yeah. for taking on that so it, it it would be a a weird deal I don't see it happening at least if it does i don't see it being for yeah. that price i, I think, think they just have so much they have a lot of, tap has a lot of reasons to think they can compete next year um but uh right now i think i think it's a try and make the playoffs see how it goes and prepare to make a run for the cup next year and yeah. so paying that much for a one-year rental that we can't extend but I, I yeah. don't think it would work out, obviously, as well, because uh, the team would obviously like to be able to re-sign Stamkos uh, in the offseason, yeah. and that's that's going to eat up a lot of uh, our cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the next one I have here, this one is involving uh, the other Flames defenseman who will be traded. I got two here um, involving him. So the first one is Chris Tanev to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a 20, uh, what, what would the year be? It just says first round pick, but what's, I know Toronto's first round picks are a little bit uh, uh, all that. over the place. Oh, so they do have their first this year. Okay. So it would be Toronto's 2024 first round pick and Topi Niemela going to the Calgary Flames in exchange for Chris Tanev. Um... Uh, what, do you know much about this uh, Topi Niemela? Yeah, so he's, um, again, you know, anytime you talk about a prospect from Toronto, you have to take what they say with a grain of salt because they, they talk about how Topi Niemela has um, just this absurd value um, when yeah. in reality, I mean, he, he is 21 it, now. He's yet to play an NHL game. He, he's, he's put up respectable numbers in the AHL for a defenseman. Uh, 27 points in 45 games. Um, but again, like the, the Toronto fan base, you know, they overvalue their prospects. Like uh, they thought Matthew Nyes was going to be a, a, a shoe in for a Calder finalist. He's not even in the in the top 15 conversation. So, yeah, I, 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 think, I still I like it for large, Calgary, though. I think a large amount of that is also just because they're the biggest fan base. They have the most people, which means they obviously have the most shitheads. Uh, being loud online right like it's yeah it's pretty hard to get away from uh loud obnoxious toronto fans but that's just because there's so many of them uh, well and the leafs can do no wrong right know what's going on yeah but in, in terms of that deal i love it for calgary i think even if you can yeah. just if you can move tanev for a first i think is awesome if you can get a prospect on top of that um I, i'd say niemel is probably a I, I would say he's a b prospect I was gonna um, say, he's, I do he's definitely think not an A. Should, I'd have him as a as a B. I think they should try and get more than just a first, uh, just because anywhere that they're sending yeah. Anev, it's going to be obviously a bottom sixteen uh, pick, uh, 
that meaning, you know, set pick 17 to 32 in the first yeah. round because you're not taking him to not go to the playoffs. Well, and Tanev's probably, in my opinion, I think he's probably like the, the top guy on the, on the trade board. I think the level of play he's at right now and what he brings to a team, I think holds, as, just for this season, at least for the playoffs and whatnot, I think he has the most value. Um, and, and that is, I guess, largely depending on whether or not Jacob Markstrom gets traded. Uh, but so you're going to have multiple teams in there, you know, going for Tanev, and that's just going to drive the price up. So if Calgary's set on getting at least a first form, teams are going to start there, and then it's just going to build up. So they're obviously going to get more than a first in the end. Um, it really just comes down to the, the bidding war between teams and what that... Uh, where that kind of leads. Yeah. And especially with, um, you know, uh, Tanev is not, not a guy that you see going around very much. Like there's, there's some very good players like that in the league, but the only even close to comparable at this year's deadline would be Sean Walker, I think. Um, yeah. And it's hard to tell if Philly's even looking to sell right now because they're not looking too bad. Um I I, th I mean, Sean Walker, I think, will get moved regardless just because it sounds like he's not going to resign with the Flyers. Oh, and okay. I think Philly knows like they are, they're obviously not winning the Cup. And if you can get, you know, a, a second and a good prospect or even what they're asking for, potentially a first for him, is um, like that's huge. And you, you, you can't you can't pass up on that regardless yeah. of whether or not you're in a playoff spot. Like because, again, they're even if they make the playoffs, like they, they're not. You know, they're not pulling off of what Florida did last year and then one-upping it and winning it all this year. So you, you got you to gotta get what you can for a guy before, before you know he's gone. Yeah, that's uh, um, And then the other deal involving Chris Tanev, this one comes, uh, Chris Tanev oh, also should mention that the Toronto one was at 50% retained. Uh, this one is also Chris Tanev at 50% retained going to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a 2024 second round pick and defenseman Nils Lundqvist. Which, I mean, you're not getting the first for Tanev, but you are getting a, a guy that I, I think still has a lot of values. He's been struggling a bit with Dallas, but Nils Lundqvist is a, is a former first round pick, um, actually of the Rangers, which I think he could, he could fill that void of on the right side for the Flames. Um, he's Still, still young, still could definitely reach that next level. Um, I think between the two, I think I would still go the Toronto one just because I think the Flames yeah. would rather get a first and then they can draft their own uh, young prospect and build them up and have them be much, much younger than where Nils Lundqvist is at because I think he's, I think he's twenty four now. Yeah, and he's this mistaken. will be his third team now, and not to mention, I you know, it's not the same division, I suppose, but you know sending a guy to the other conference is always a little bit more tempting. Um, yeah. Per personally, uh, I know a lot of people don't have this opinion, but personally, I think teams should not look at that stuff unless they are trading a massive player. Um, but uh, a lot of teams do look at that pretty closely. So yeah. 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 In my opinion, if it makes your team better, uh, who cares where the other guys go in unless it's, you know, the level of uh, sending Matthew Kachuk to the Canucks or something like that. Yeah, Cause exactly. Because that, that would make you suffer for some years. 
But, yeah. you know, uh, a Lindholm on one year, no problem. Yeah. Um, so this is the last one of kind of the ones uh, by fans. And then I've got a couple um, other ones that are uh, through through guys with Sportsnet. Um, so this last one is Jake Gensel. Uh, did you at... make any of these on your own? Just wondering. No, I haven't made any of these ones. Okay. No. Um, and then this last one um, is Jake Gensel at 50% retained going to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Dylan Holloway. Warren Fogle, Xavier Borgo, and a 2024 first round pick. It's kind of a lot for, for Edmonton to give up. Um, kind of probably two of their best prospects in, in Holloway and Borgo, and then especially a first, and then Warren Fogle, who I think is just to kind of make the, the numbers work. Um, he's obviously playing very well for the Oilers right now, but he would be the guy expendable. Um, but again, like if you get Jay Gensel, that immediately probably makes you the especially where they're at now after their win streak it probably makes them the favorite in the west and kind of helps you reach that that next level now where Absolutely. you don't you don't have to you know have mcdavid and dry be together to when you need offense you know you can you can you can still roll them on two separate lines and again so with one and then you can uh, you still know, argue hyman with who has the top six forward core in the league um there's a lot of teams in on that you know you can argue uh a toronto you can ar ar currently argue in edmonton vancouver uh colorado but if that I, I wouldn't do colorado just because colorado's one line like it's it, it's one, I, I guess one it's, a, line. it's a lot harder especially with landis gog out long term yeah. but uh if they make this trade that argument becomes pretty hard not to give to edmonton if your first yeah. line is Gensel, McDavid, Zach Hyman, and your second line is Drysidel, Nugent Hopkins, and Evander Kane, yeah, no, no one touches shit. that. That's, no one touches that. That's a hard team to play against. And then, not to mention on defense, you would have Bouchard. I mean, you know, Nurse is overpaid, but he's still he's still a good player uh, at home. Like that, that would make Edmonton. Like a scary team. Yeah. You think Drysidel's ever upset that he paid less than Nurse? Uh, it's a good he's question. Probably, he's probably more upset he doesn't have a cup, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, it's a lot for Edmonton to give up, but I think you get Gensel. So that immediately makes you kind of the cup favorite. And again, if you win a cup, who gives a shit what you what you sent out to, to little old Pittsburgh out there? So I, yeah. I like that deal for, for both teams. I think if. I think they have. I think Edmonton needs to win. At some point, you need to win with these guys that you have. And yeah. that that could be a guy that pushes them over the edge. Uh, was Gensel around for uh, Pittsburgh's Cups? Does he have a Stanley um, Cup? He had to have been, right? Or maybe he was just coming up. Um, Jake Gensel double check Cups. here. Gensel does he, not have He must have. Uh, he came in, yep, so the year, yeah, so his first year was when they won their second one, uh, beating yeah. Nashville in the finals. That's where he really kind of came in the playoffs and just just steamrolled, like 13 goals in 25 playoff games, 21 points. Fuck, um, like, he's, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but man, what luck to go from 
in your rookie year winning a cup with Crosby. Oh, fuck. I'm getting traded from Sidney Crosby's line. Are you kidding me? He goes plays with Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and I think where at Pittsburgh's at, if they keep going downhill, like, I think as much as they would like to keep getting so, I think they'd kind of, you know, if he's asking for too much, I think they're going to, they, they, they kind of realize that they're going to have to move on from him. And yeah. if you are, like, you got to get, you know, if you got to wait right until the, the 11th hour. Guy? Like Gensel, do you think? For I, I mean, like for an extension, sorry. For an extension, I mean, Cause it's tough to say for because. For the eight you, years. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is a, a large part of it would have to be, you know, what team he goes to. Like, obviously, Edmonton couldn't afford to give him a an eight-year, you know, 10 million per year. But I think there are gets, other teams you think he gets double digits? I, th- I think there's a team out there that would, would give him eight years at, at, well, I guess not eight, because if he goes to free agency, it could only be seven. Be seven. But I could, I could see a team giving him uh, 10. Okay. I think for, for what he's done, he's, 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 I mean, he's a point per guy in the playoffs. He's, you know, a consistent 30. Great uh, goal scorer you know, 30 to 40 goal score uh, point per game. Like that's, I, I, I could see, you know, if he stays with Pittsburgh, I don't think he gets that. If he goes to Edmonton and resigns there, yeah. he doesn't get that. But if he goes to the open market, there there's a team out there, I think that would give yeah. him, would, would, would offer him 10. Yeah, I think open market, he can get 10. I think if he wants to go to a current contender, I think he'd have to take something closer to nine. Um, yeah. If he goes to a contender and he gets nine by eight, I think that works out well for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get Gensel at nine, that's that's a very good good deal there. Yeah. And it's a lot easier for a team like like obviously not with their cap situation, but a team like Edmonton, it would be a lot easier to make a contract like that just because some other teams are gonna go, Well, we don't have Sidney Crosby at first center. So can he reproduce that with us? But if you've got Connor McDavid up there and dry settle on the second line, you don't have to worry about what talent he's playing with. Yeah. You know, he can play with guys like this. So yeah, that, yeah. uh, that would be very interesting. And, uh, I, I, I think Edmonton should pull the trigger on that trade. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm Edmonton, I'm, I'm 100% doing that. Yeah. And if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm, that's not a bad return at all as well. Yeah, um, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their cap friendly. Four more years of 3.85 from Jack Campbell. That's going to hurt you long term. And in two years, you got a UFA in Rysidal. In two years, you got an RFA that is getting a massive pay increase in Evan Bouchard. Um, even if they ma- manage to keep Rysidal and Bouchard, they're paying them way more than they are for both guys. Well, both that's guys, the thing. Both guys it's, it's... are getting minimum like four million dollar raises. So yeah. it's at that point, either they're losing somebody good or they are tying up all their money. You gotta win before twenty twenty five. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If if they trade for Gensel, you know, and you sign him, that really puts them in a bind when you've got th- those three big deals coming up over the next couple of years, being the you know Dry Son and Bouchard and then McDavid like that. It, it it could make it tough, so that's why I'm I'm not sure. You know, if they get Gensel, I'm they they I think they're gonna have to try and underpay him to to get him to stick around because if you give him that, you know, nine to ten, that really puts you in a tough spot when you've got those other deals coming up. 
in the next couple of years. Yeah, and but you, yeah, they they got to win. They're in win now. Like if you, they got to if they win a cup, I think immediately it's okay. We don't have to worry. McDavid and Drysaddle are probably going to resign. They're not going to walk anymore. I think it's still possible that they walk if they don't win the cups. I think they'll probably stay, but it's a lot more certain if they've got that cup and they're not looking for it. And especially with uh, McDavid, obviously they want to resign him, but you know, if, if one of Bouchard or Drysaddle walks because they're not getting their money, then maybe it's not looking as fun to stick around, you know? That's yeah. that's one of your boys, and it's one of the guys that helped drive the team. It it's a very complicated situation over there. They got a lot of important things running out soon, and they've got a couple contracts that go for a long time that aren't great. In you know, the the nurse contract and the Jack Campbell contract. Um, yeah, they they got to win, and yeah. they're they don't have near as similar a thing going on as Toronto where it's, you know, they finally broke out of the first round last year. Um, Like Edmonton has not won it yet, but I think it's only trolls online who are saying, Oh, they're never going to win a cup because they've consistently gone to the second or third round. They, they've consistently had success in the playoffs. They just haven't won the one at all. Yeah. And and anyone who's saying, like, you know, McDavid's not good enough because he doesn't carry his team. Dude scores at, like, two points per game or more every playoff run. Like, yeah. Like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. Like, like it, the, the next level from that is Gretzky numbers. Like, you, uh, nobody does what he does in the playoffs, and the team still can't win. So, and, you know... A lot of it's obviously goaltending, you know, goaltending will hold up for two rounds, but then in the third round, it'll kind of fall apart. But yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited for the playoffs this year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so only got three, um, of these mock trades left for this one. Probably next week is kind of right when we're, we'll, we'll be a week out from the, the trade deadline. So that one will probably be like just solely focused on kind of stuff for the trade deadline. Uh, so now these three are coming straight from, from Sportsnet and some of their writers. Um, so the first one here is... Uh, I'll start with this one because this one I just really doesn't make sense. Um, so it's Anaheim is trading Trevor Zegris to okay. the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Jimmy Snuggerud. St. Louis's uh, 2024 first round pick, which is top 10 protected, and then defenseman Marco Scandella. Um, I mean, I mean, if I'm Anaheim, I'm, I would probably take and run with it. If I'm St. Louis, I'm not even considering it. Really, um, I'm I'm looking at it the other no. way around. Um, Jimmy Snuggerud is, is, is going to be I'm not very ten times the player. Yeah, he, he's he's going to be a better player, in my opinion, than Zegris. Um, like, I mean, Zegris, is, it kind of fits the timeline that the Blues are in, but also Jimmy Snuggerud does, and then a first-round pick on top of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm so high on, on Snuggerud um, that, that I don't think it, it, I would do it if I'm St. Louis. 
Right. I mean, obviously, you and know what probably, you're getting that's in probably Zegris, the, main, but... the main part of it. You know, how much do you think he's going to his game yeah. transition to the NHL? Has he played it all in the NHL or is he still like? No, he's back? yeah, he's still a still a full, full prospect. Right. I I think a lot of people are underrating Trevor Zegris, uh in general right now. I think I think a lot of people are like he's he's overrated and and stuff, but that's because some marketing dude put him on the cover of the game, right? See, like, if anything, I think people he's 20, are, are he's overrating 20, him. He's 22 still. years old, and he's put up multiple 60-point seasons. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has a couple of those in his pocket. And he's signed for a very reasonable contract at 5.75 mil for the next three years. And he's even an RFA at the end of that. Like, you're getting you're getting a great player. You know what you're getting. Uh, who has more yeah, upside? He's still young and a, a good contract, RFA status. Like that's that's all the stuff you want. It's not to say that he's a he's a bad player or anything. I think people are, if any, people are still just like they're overvaluing him. Like a lot of the mock trades I'm seeing, like uh, obviously there's a, a a million one surrounding Montreal, but like a lot of right. them are like. You know, Montreal's trading Lane Hudson in a first, which makes no sense for Montreal. Like, why would he trade, you know, probably one of the top three defensive prospects in the league and a first-round pick? I was going to say, Zegris a trade like that. that definitely should be closer to Zegris for Hudson, one for one. I don't. Think I still wouldn't even do that if I was Montreal. Yeah, but it's, like, it's a lot. Still. But it's a lot. You can make the argument a lot easier without that extra first yeah. thrown in there. I get Zegris has shown that he can be in the nhl obviously but a lot yeah. of these high-end talents it's you know the writing's on the wall of this guy's gonna make it that being said yeah. for every 10 guys like that there's a couple uh lafreniers who you know they make it but they don't look like what you thought they were going to yeah yeah like do i think Zegers gets traded i don't think he does at the deadline i think if anything he would probably get moved at like the draft or something if they yeah. even decide to end up moving him um yeah. and i think the 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 value they're probably going to get back is probably going to be i would say uh first obviously and then maybe an like an a a minus prospect or you could go the route of like two two kind of b level prospects i think would would kind of be where and if they move him at the the deadline they're obviously going to have to take a contract back from Someone and in this case with St. Louis, it's Marco Scandella because with Zegers' cap hit, it's there's not many teams that can just take that whole um, contract on. They whole would need to move something without out. any other numbers being moved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I completely agree about them not moving him right now. Um, I I can't remember where I put it. I might have tweeted out or something. But there's so much talk about Zegers right now, but they should not feel pressured in the slightest. He looks like he's going to be good in the future. He's 22 years old. You're not a team that has any cap issues whatsoever. And yeah. he's an R three years left. Like I said, RFA, n nothing about this situation says we got to move him right fucking now. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah unless they, they, unless no it's to get to. another guy who might get traded from where he's at. And he, that other trade piece is the reason you don't need to rush with this Zegers move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the next one I have has the Devils acquiring a goaltender. Uh, so the New Jersey good, Devils good. acquire UC Saros, 
and defenseman Alexander Carrier at 50% retained on Carrier. In exchange, uh, that would put Carrier at like one mil, right? I think he's making yeah. like two mil, something like that. Yeah. And then, so that's going to New Jersey. And then going back to Nashville would be Dawson Mercer, uh, New Jersey's first round pick in 2025. That's top five protected, just in case. Uh, goaltender Vitek Vanacek, goaltender Akira Schmid, and defenseman oh, Seamus Casey. Um, okay. He, it's is Seamus Casey a former first round pick? Um, I believe he's a second round pick, but like you can basically say he's a he's a first round pick. Like where where he's at, he holds the value of a former uh right. Former first first round uh So they're getting Saros and Carrier and they're giving up both their goalies? Yeah. Is that just to make the numbers work? Um that would have like decent decent contracts. That would be my guess. I think Vanacek's got... I, I, actually, I think Vanacek might be on the last year of his... Uh, uh, Devil. So v- Vanacek's got two two years left at 3.4. Um, and okay. then... So moving that makes absolutely sense. And sure. then Schmid, he's, he's just got one year left. He's making league men. I think it's really just because um, Nico Dawes has come in and is, is kind of been carrying the workload. And so obviously they, they would want to keep him on. And so That's you, you move out the, the other guys to just make work. So then you can roll with Dawes and, and Saros. Um, I don't, I don't mind this trade. I think if you're Nashville, I mean, getting Mercer Casey. So that's like a, a, a great four centerman you've now got for the next 15 years. That's a defenseman you've got for the next 15 years. A first round pick that, that you know can 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 become whatever, and then I mean Vanacek is obviously you're just you're taking on his contract, and then Schmid is uh, a, a goalie prospect. I mean, you know they've already got Askarov who's who's going to be their guy. So I I don't mind this this deal for for either team. I think even no, Nashville could maybe could maybe be like, hey, we're taking on Vanacek's you know contract, and so maybe you got to give us like an extra second round pick or a, or a b-level prospect i think could yeah um but like for new jersey i mean that that helps them out on defense with carrier saros obviously is a huge upgrade net for them which is where they're really um they're really struggling so yeah i think i think this works well for both teams um it's it's a decent amount of stuff to take back in nashville but at the same time you know they're not they're not looking to contend right away. I think they're looking to... I think Barry Trotz is not somebody who likes going for the full rebuild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's not, uh, he's not gutting it down to nothing. He's, uh, he's yeah. put together a better team than I think anyone thought Nashville would have this year, and they've done better than anyone thought. Um, yeah. But they... Uh, they got a decent, decently bright looking future, and that would that would help a lot. Yeah, um, that would help accelerate this little retool that they're they're going through. Especially when it's like, I mean, you lose Soros, like, yeah, that really that sucks. He's a good goalie, but at yeah. the same time, you've got one of the best goalie prospects in the world 
in your system and coming up to replace that. So yeah. you're just bringing in, you know, these these other assets on forward and, and defense to to help fill out the yeah. the team. Yeah. Askarov, who's just, uh, like we said earlier, has backstopped the Admirals to the second longest win streak in AHL history. Like, he's, yeah. he's looked to be good every step of the way. And yeah, last night must have been crazy because they, they win 18 in a row to, to move into second all time. Uh, Cody Hodgson scores a scores a goal that obviously was incredible to see that happen. And then Askarov got a shutout. So it's like, it was a everything was right. If if you're a Milwaukee Admirals fan, you you probably had a good time watching the game or at the game. Yeah. Um. And then this is the last one from Sportsnet, and oh, I think. Ooh, sorry, I, I I did not see this. Uh, I might have just missed this if you said that. Uh. But uh, Saros has two years left. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not just the one. That's those those are the traits that can really be nice, especially if they retain fifty percent. Getting UC Soros for two years at two and a half mil, that's that's a recipe yeah. for success right there. Like that's that's looking yeah. real nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, move on to cut you off there. Move on to the next one here. Oh, um I just oh, oh, well that's uh do we got breaking news? Oh, yeah, it's it's not no, good it news. I was gonna say it doesn't sound very good. It's that's Ooh, yeah, that's uh, um, so I mean, I don't even know where to. I, this isn't a mock trade. This is a just breaking news. It's like just happening. Yeah. Um. So the Calgary Flames, we know obviously earlier this year, uh, they were really hot on Adam Rzitska. Things didn't work out. They put him on waivers. He was claimed by the Arizona Coyotes uh, about like a month ago, I think. Yeah. Um, as of thirty seconds ago, now here. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes have placed forward Adam Rzitska on waivers for the purpose of contract termination. Uh-oh. Um, this comes after Adam Rzitska. I'm hoping, I'm assuming he didn't mean to, um, but on his Instagram story, he oh, had posted a video of him sitting at what looks like to be a kitchen counter um, with a credit card on the counter and some drugs and then... The camera pans over to him with uh, a lighter, putting it in his mouth. Um, so he is uh, he, he is getting his contract terminated from the Coyotes, um, obviously due to posting a video of him. I mean, not doing drugs in the video, but one can assume what is is Dude, taking how, place. How stupid there. do you have to be to be in one of the big four North American sports leagues? And post that shit online. Yeah. I mean, just don't do it in general. But, like, good God. There's, there, I'm just imagining, like, how does this go? Did some, like, it was on his account. So, first it went, hey, let's do drugs. And then it goes, hey, take a video of me doing these drugs. Then he goes on Instagram and he's like, I'm going to post this. He, I'm just imagining all the times he could have been like, this is so fucking stupid of me. Yeah, oh, man, it's that's and I imagine it's a lot harder to tell that stuff when you're on drugs, but yeah, Ugh, that's that's tough. So that's that's our that's our breaking. Rizika, Rizika, he uh, he was doing well for the Flames, right? Like he wasn't N not really world beaten or nothing, but like he, he was he was good last year and was expected, I think, to kind of come and take a 
the next step this year and then uh, and he, he kind of took a bit of a step back a little bit of a step back and then you've got guys like zary and possibly yeah, come in and really that's fair kind of took those spots spot. that, yeah yeah um so it, yeah so that, that's it, that's news going on right now wonder, uh, when uh you know other guys came in and took the spot better it, you, it they probably moved on from him just because of his play but uh you always gotta wonder when stuff like this comes out you know did they know yeah. Or like, was he a bit of a problematic guy? Did he come in late to a couple practices? He looked a little, uh, looked a little disheveled and they were kind of like, uh, we don't like, uh, how this is looking or. Yeah. Was it purely on ice? Yeah. Um, um, I guess but... good for the coyotes for doing the right thing and, uh, terminate, yeah. terminate the contract and thank God they didn't trade for him. They just picked him up off waivers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so aside from that, uh, only one one mock trade left, and then we'll just uh, roll into the the stats leaders, and then uh, sure head out of here. Um, so this last one is a is a fun one from Sportsnet because it's a three team deal, which are always fun to see. Yeah. Um, so the so the three teams in this deal being the Detroit Red Wings, the Calgary Flames, and then the San Jose Sharks. Um, and this is interesting because it kind of works. It makes sense for for every team. The way that this uh, this kind of goes. Um, so to de- the Detroit Red Wings is defenseman Noah Hannafin. Obviously, Hannafin uh, has made an only only want he, he's only going to sign with an American team, and the Detroit Red Wings are interested in him. So it is Noah Hannafin um, coming with an eight year contract extension. Doesn't say what the the details would be, but it would be an eight year contract extension. And 50% of his salary for the remainder of this season is retained by San Jose, as well as goaltender Capo Kakinen. To the okay. Calgary Flames is uh, forward prospect from Detroit, Jonathan Bergeron. Uh, forward oh, Anthony Bergeron. Duclair okay. from the Sharks. And then Detroit's 2025 uh, first round pick, which would be top 10 protected. And then going to San Jose would be goaltender Vili Husso. So basically taking that, that contract off Detroit's books in exchange right. as well with retaining um, 50% of Hannafin's uh, current contract and Capo Kakinen. They would get Detroit's 2024 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. Now there's a little bit of a... What was the first that the Flames were getting? 2025? Detroit's 2025, yeah. And this 2024 first from Detroit is is a little bit I'm unsure of just because they do have that deal with uh, Ottawa still that which was the Debrinket deal, um, so they're sending one of their first round picks either theirs or Boston's to Ottawa. So then this second one I don't know exactly how it would work um, with San Jose. Yeah, I and then as well, just put the clause in that we get whichever one. Yeah, Ottawa doesn't. And then San Jose also. Uh, gets Vancouver's 2026 third round pick. That's uh, the draft pick that was acquired from the Flames in as part of the Lindholm deal. So I mean, wow! I Detroit gets their their guys that they want in in Hannafin locked in long term. They get Akinem, which I think is an upgrade from from what they're getting from Billy Husso. They also get out of Husso's deal. Um, But also the Husso deal might turn around because Husso in. Uh, historically has been a very good goalie. He's not playing like it now, but mm-hmm. I think he could get back there 
especially since goalies, you know, seem to almost get better with age a lot of the time, uh, more so than out players. I like yeah. that for all three teams. I love this deal. It's not bad. And then, yeah, that Calgary gets a, a good young Ford prospect in Bergeron. They get Anthony Duclair, who they've kind of been, there's been rumors for the longest time about trying to get Huberto rolling and, hey, why not bring in Duclair, who Huberto played with in Florida, and try and get that chemistry a, back. A great middle six, almost borderline top six, you could argue, uh, forward. He's great at scoring goals, great at finishing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd slam yes on this deal on all accounts, man. I, I love that for all three teams, honestly. Yeah, if I'm the Sharks as well, like, I mean, it's I think that's a great deal for them because I think you trade Kakinen, you're probably getting maybe, like, in, 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 there'd obviously be more pieces, but I think at most, like, you're, the max you're getting is a second-round pick. Duclair, I think max is a second-round pick, maybe even a third. So if you package them to two separate teams... And in return, you get Huso, who could turn around and you could end up flipping him at some point and getting more assets back. And then a, a first round pick. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, li- I like that deal for, for all three teams. Honestly, and I like, I like them getting Huso back as well. I, I think Huso has a future, a good future in the league. I think he's having a down, a down period right now, but I think he's going to make a comeback at some point. I think he might be just be one of those guys that it works better in a tandem and being the starter. Yeah. Well, and like, even look at uh, what San Jose did earlier uh, last off season, they traded a six round pick for Blackwood who looking at it now, I bet New Jersey wishes they, they held he, on to he's him. exactly what they need. Um, but he he's turned it around and has be, looked like a, a, a legitimate NHL starter again. So if they can bring Huso in and run him in a tandem and then, you know, Huso gets back up to form. Uh, I think he's only got the remainder of this year, and then I think next year left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. And so then if, you yeah, know... So if you're you, not even you, stuck you under could, a contract for a long time. Yeah, and if he can turn it around, you can, you know, uh, next year the the deadline. Like, he's making 4.75. You retain half of that. Uh, there, There's plenty of teams, I think, that, that could be looking for him. So... I, I like that deal. I think it's a great deal for, for all three teams. I think they get exactly what uh, they're looking for, like especially Calgary. I mean, really, when you're only moving out a, a third-round pick in Antanafin, you can get, you know, Duclair, who, who can be a great top-six winger for you, uh, especially, even if, especially even for Calgary, if that can help get things going with Huberdo. Like, if not only you're, you're getting Duclair and then a great young Ford and Bergen and a first, if it helps Huberdo get back to form, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, Especially if they can uh, include in this deal a sign-and-trade. Like, like, you know, include the clause that if this deal goes through and everyone agrees to it, you know, then he's on the flames now with the extension of, a, you know, uh, four years at four mil or whatever they sign him to. Yeah. I, yeah, I will say though, for the Sharks, out of all the players that are, are kind of sounding like they're potentially being moved, like, uh, I mean, I've had numerous people for weeks now sending me all the stuff about Mario Ferraro. Uh, I, if he gets traded, man, that's that's going to ruin me. But I think du- Duclair is one of those guys that I, w- I would like to see stick with the Sharks. I think he can be a good value to, you know, kind of the, the, the rebuild that they're in. Um, and it sounds like he's been like nothing but amazing in the locker room, especially with the young guys. They've really kind of gravitated towards him. Uh, but I mean, if if you can package him in a deal and get a first round pick back, I mean, 
considering you gave up a, a fourth and uh you know a fourth line center form you can turn that into a first i think you got to uh you got to jump on that when when the opportunity is there yeah i yeah that's great for all the teams i think it could be a little better maybe for the sharks but like even but really i, I think like, i think all three teams are making out well here yeah yeah like uh, if i was the sharks i'd maybe want to see like for them maybe if you can snag like a defensive prospect yeah um i i think i mean really like all they're doing is they're getting a first round pick to give out two players and also you know retain some of that salary to make it work so i i think i would like to see a little bit more for them but at the end of the day if you're getting a first round pick i mean tough yeah. tough to shake your head at that yeah and you know yeah like it wouldn't even be much more you know a prospect or you know a fourth round pick from either team or a third round pick even just to yeah. sweeten it a little bit but yeah i do like it and um uh, for Mario Ferraro, it's interesting because, like, honestly, I, uh, or obviously, I watch, I do watch a decent bit of uh, shark stuff as well. You know, they're they're definitely my uh, West Coast team at this point, and uh, I I look at Ferraro and I think he's one one of the few guys I think I would be okay with Tampa going out and looking to get. I yeah. I think very similar to what we were saying earlier with the Hannafin deal, except just like it's Ferraro's already got three years of term at a very reasonable contract hit and you might even potentially have to give up a little less for him so yeah I think I think something like that would fit in Tampa a lot better especially just because of the cap hit uh Hannah yeah. would be hard to make the books work yeah 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 I completely completely agree yeah but I don't I, I would hope San Jose doesn't move him just because I don't think and, they need to. And, and and that's the thing, right? If you're a rebuilding team, though, and you have players who have made it known that they want to stay there through the hard times and then come out and be a part of the team's success afterwards, I, I feel like you gotta you got to owe that to them. Be like, you know, if you're a guy who, who wants to be here, you're a good player, you're a leader on this team, the players love you, like the management loves you, it's like th those yeah. are the type of guys that you 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 should hold on to like unless you're Especially, getting a, a king's ransom he's only 25 like it, i get it if the guy's 35 and and on an expiring deal and yeah. stuff like that but a 25 year old with three years left on his contract that's that's exactly what yeah. you want on your team right now that's what you need right now yeah exactly right like but, like I said, unless you're you getting know, a king's if, ransom, yeah. You, if Jan you Ruda says it. I really want to stick around and be a part of the future here, uh, two years on his deal, thirty three, a bit less important than Ferraro, then it's a little, uh, yeah, a little easier to part ways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that kind of covers the the mock trades we had for this episode. Like like I said, that, uh, that was a great. I one. think I think next week um, we'll obviously have a lot more of those and maybe you know depending on if trades happen or not we'll kind of look at the um the the, the kind of the trade list or of who's kind of you know at the top and going down and maybe we'll kind of go through uh you know the top 15 or 20 and we'll, we'll give our picks of where each player would maybe be a best fit or something uh we'll, we'll come up with some fun stuff because the trade deadline is always a good time and this this will be our first one um doing this podcast so 
yeah well we'll definitely uh, come out strong and hard for for this this one for sure yeah and the trade deadline this year is on uh march 8th uh at 3 p.m um i believe that's a friday if i'm not mistaken uh march 8th yes it's a friday so on that friday at 3 p.m so we might actually uh do the weekly podcast uh that week uh like on maybe we'll do it a bit earlier and put it put it out on thursday instead or something yeah and then we'll do another or we can do another one uh kind of we can cover it almost live and then we can have one up at like like later in the day on Friday later or in the day on Friday, yeah. early Saturday, something like yeah. that, you know, kind of cover it live as it's happening and then uh, get it up as soon as possible to kind of uh, yeah. recap some of it right after it yeah. happened. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad way to do it. Uh, but yeah, all that's left yeah. is to run through the, the updated uh, stats leaders around the league because there's been a couple changes, I think, in some areas. Yeah, there's been... Uh, been some players that are uh doing uh doing pretty well around the league um so for the uh points lead uh still in first we have Nikita Kucherov at 95 points it is not yet March and we have multiple players closing in on 100 uh in number in second place we have uh, Nathan McKinnon with 93 points and in third we have Connor McDavid with 85 uh for goals we have Austin Matthews at 52 in first place. In second, all the way down at 39. Nobody else is even at 40 yet. Uh, Sam Reinhart, 39 goals there. And Nikita Kucherov in third with 36. Uh, Looks like he's tied for third with uh, David Pasternak, also at 36. Um, For goaltenders, for goalies with a minimum of 26 games played, uh, we have uh, Connor Hellebuck in first for goals saved above expected uh, with 26.6. Uh, in second, we have Thatcher Demko with 21. And in third, Jacob Markstrom with 18.1. Uh, Markstrom's numbers have uh, shot up a bit. He's looked really good as late. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, for uh, save percentage, uh, we got uh, in first still Connor Hellebuck with a 9-2-5. Uh, in second, Joey Decord with a 9-2-1. And in third, Jeremy Swayman with a 9-20 even. Uh, Thatcher Demko just below that at 9-17. Um, yeah, it's, these numbers really have not moved a lot for the goaltenders. You know, they've, they've had a couple of things move around, but it has been uh, pretty consistently looking like it's uh, Connor Hellebuck's Vesna to lose for quite a while. Demko put up a yeah. good fight for quite a while. Joey Decord's making a bit of a argument for himself, but uh, when Hellebuck's playing like this, if you didn't start the year fantastic, you're going to have to have an insane run to yeah. throw in his, his uh, race for the Vesna. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, was that, is that all, all of them uh, that we got? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Right on, right on. Well, I think that, uh, we'll wrap up this, this lengthy episode here, um, of the Stick 'em Up podcast. Uh, as always, feel free to throw us a follow over on Instagram or Twitter. 
um, at SEU Hockey. Um, then now's the time. If you want, feel free to uh, either tag us or mention us or, or DM us or whatever of any mock trades uh, you may have or any rumors potentially um, that we will uh, we will talk about in the next one because next episode will be fully kind of focused on all things surrounding the the trade deadline. So if you guys have any mock trades or anything you want us to uh, to talk about and review, feel free to to send it to us and we will uh, we'll make sure to to cover that in the next one. Um, other than yeah. that, uh, you got anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, just kind of reiterate there. Um, like, you know, the back half of this episode, we were pretty much just taking uh, mock trades we found online and talking about them. So if you guys think you got something that might work for a team, maybe your favorite team, you want have a player you want to see them go out and get, put together a mock trade and let us know. Or even, you know, if you're a, a Flames fan and you really want to see your team go out and get, you know, player X, just be like, hey, uh on twitter you you know i want to see them get this guy do you think that could happen maybe we'll put together our own mock yeah. trade of uh how that might look you know yeah exactly there's, there's there's no shortage of of things we can come up with here so any any ideas you have or anything feel free to, to send them to us and we will uh we will make lemonade out of those lemons but with all that, I think that wraps, wraps up everything we got here. So once again, thank you to everybody for, uh, for tuning in uh, and spending your, your Friday with us. Um, we are recording this early on the Friday, so it will be up uh, very soon here now. So thanks for, uh, for spending some time with us here, talking hockey, listening about hockey. And we will see you guys next week for the trade deadline.